Welcome to the queue. My name is Nurse Bug. I'm your friendly neighborhood nurse surveyor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the queue. And I'm Corrine. And hi, I'm Tina Webster. I'm so glad you joined it. The first article that I found, obtaining full history for caring for residents, to care for them better, okay? When I read this story, I thought, man, they could have done so many things different to change how this ended. And the story was about a resident. She had a diagnosis of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, and she was an elopement risk. She didn't have a wander guard. They didn't think to look for her when the alarms went off. They just shut them off. They shut off these alarms. She made it out through an exit door at 1241 a.m., and they didn't find her until the next morning at 745 when the first shift came in. She ended up passing away from hypothermia. And I kept thinking, if they would have done a history on her with her family, with people that know her, they could have figured out that she needed those wander guards. They needed to pay attention to those alarms. All the things that they had that they could have used, they didn't. And so this lady passed away for, I don't know, I, I feel like it could have been prevented had they got a better history of her elopement attempts and maybe more staff training on on not ignoring alarms. That seems like a death thing to me. But as far as her history, like if you know someone's in a low risk and they don't have a wonder guard, what happened there? You know, where's the break in communication? And then I went on to think about like care planning. And that's where Kareen came in with her ideas. If you want to, Kareen, you can go into your stories or Tina, whichever, whoever wants to go first. As I was listening to you, Lindsay, I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, what a horrible thing for the family, the staff, everybody that's involved. What a horrible thing to go through. So much of that possibly could have been prevented with a better obtaining history up front, but also a better assessment of the resident on admission could have helped identify some risk for the resident and things could have been properly put into place. So if an assessment had been created, that alarm could have been put on her. Again, nobody can prevent everything from happening, but we do have to keep in mind that it's our responsibility when the residents come into the facilities to try to keep them as safe as possible. I know Corrine's got some great ideas too on those, gathering that information on admission, obtaining history. What you got, Corrine? Just to comment about Lindsay's story, I'm sure y'all are going to agree that when we see behaviors or when residents are trying the the staff, when I say trying, you know, it's because we're limited to how many people we have on the floor for staff, and then you have maybe one or two patients behaviors that interfere with the day. Frustration is what I see happens with staff. And that contributes also to playing a role when things happen and they don't understand or they don't have that history about that patient. And so frustration comes in. And I'm sure you've seen where staff are just frustrated you can see the stress on the staff when that is happening. I think this is where I say obtaining a good health history on a patient and then communicating it down to our staff is so vital 
because when you understand a subject, it, it's like a light bulb. Bing! You know, you yeah. know how to deal with yeah, the patient. That's right. Yeah. But if you don't understand the patient and you do not know what their background is, it's so hard to give good care to a, that resident because you're just picking out of the air. One of the things, and maybe you guys can talk about it, when we gather data, a lot of people think, you know, they go into a doctor's office and they're just filling out those forms. Those questions are vital for us to create a plan for our residents. There's four areas that are five that really affect us if we can gather that data. And the first one, and I will let you guys all take one, comprehensive care. Tina, can you go and talk a little bit about how that affects that comprehensive care? Sure. Getting that history, the medical history, and not just the medical history, but the personal history, you know, the things that the resident did while they were at home before they got sick. Getting that information is so important because we have to develop a comprehensive care plan. And that lets our staff know how to take care of that resident. So getting that, all of that information on admission helps us better develop that plan of care. And that is something that is vital to our staff in order to give good quality care and take good care of the, the resident. I love the talk of comprehensive care plans. But when, when I hear care plan, my mind goes to baseline. That baseline is literally the starting point to build that comprehensive. And through my surveying career, I would always hear, oh, the baseline is just, it's just the start. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Everything that you're going to be doing for that resident, their history, their diagnosis, every single thing on there is important. That baseline care plan meeting, you know, involving family involving their PCP prior to coming to the LTC, like all of that accumulates to being able to care for that resident as a whole, person-centered care. And so when you say comprehensive, I love that. But in the surveying world, when you hear comprehensive, you think, oh, okay, the one they build after the resident's been there for months or years or whatever, because that is just the starting baby where it grows. Right. A lot of facilities, Lindsay, what I've had dealings with is that baseline care plan. A lot of facilities struggle with that, right? They struggle with getting it completed thoroughly. They might get a couple of pieces of it done, but then they're always missing departments. They're always missing other pieces in there. And you're exactly right in that baseline care plan. It's the beginning we grow from that and we learn more after the resident has been there a while. But that baseline is so very, very important. And a lot of, a lot of the surveyors are asking for that baseline care plan. They want to see it and they want to see certain things on that baseline care plan answered. Yeah, it's the foundation. If you don't have yeah. our foundation, that baseline completed and we have those Areas that are not complete, like you said, Tina, yep, we're going to not have a good plan for that resident. The second area that it can do, if we get a good health history on a patient, is predicting future events. 
health event. And I love this one because it says past medical events can be a good predictor for future ones. And the example the article used was past history of falls is a single best predictor for a future fall. That should be on everybody's radar. The majority of nursing homes will always want to do a pit pong falls because they're having issues and don't know how. Well, it could start right from the very beginning if we gathered that history and knew the history of the falls, what caused their falls in the past. It could be helping us plan so that we can right. avoid falls in the future. All the major injury, preventing all of that. Yep. The third one is identifying underlying conditions. So this is a good one. Lindsay, I'm going to let you talk about this one a little bit. Right. Okay. So whenever you look at the care plan, I mean, you're going to see their medical, their surgical history, and you put on here that they can help focus on the role of previous gastrointestinal conditions, renal, hepatic, cardiac, respiratory diseases, rheumatologic, recurrent infections, and of course, previous major psychiatric illnesses, which is all important because from those things, you're going to learn behaviors that they have specific to them, individualized. That tells you everything you need to know about a person, plus their history of who they are and what they've done and all the things they've gone through. And, you know, maybe they're missing a leg. I remember seeing on a baseline care plan requires one assist with a walker to stand by for this this leg. But they didn't note on there that she didn't have half of her leg. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> we need to talk about her prosthetic. I started going into all those things and they were like, oh, you know, I didn't even think to put that on there. Super important that people know, you know, that's just one tiny example. The fourth area that this can affect is improving patient safety. This has been, I think, if you all agree on the panel, that this has become a, a big thing with CMS, that patient safety is on the forefront. And so this is understanding them as a person and their needs and their wants and their likes. It becomes safer and more personalized to yeah. them. That's keeping them safer. A nursing home that I went into for a survey one time and I course the resident had a contracture and they weren't wearing their splint and so I went around to all the CNAs and I said have you cared for this patient do you work this hall because I don't like asking those questions to CNAs that don't work those halls I don't think that's absolutely fair you know you're not going to know and and some of them said to me I haven't worked those halls so I haven't looked at that care plan and I hugged them because I was like thank you for first of all being honest and secondarily knowing where to look to know this person like that's amazing but the ones that didn't work that fall I talked with them and I'm like you know where's her split for her her right hand and they're like she has a splint for her right hand and I was like oh boy so of course I go to the care plan okay and I look at it and by golly it's not there so I'm like well no wonder they don't know they don't know where it is they couldn't locate it so of course they had to order her a new one but it's little things like that, that a surveyor had to walk in and say, hey, I noticed this. Where is it at? And they're like, ah, oh, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. It's just a small thing, but it's a huge example of when you know a resident, how you can better care for them. 
Right. Well, and especially those residents that have behaviors. I know for everybody here and everybody listening, probably, you can think of those residents in your facility that have behaviors. And how great would it be if you had great background, if you were able to obtain that on admission so that you can kind of individualize some of the some of the interventions for that resident to kind of de-escalate them, right? So the families, a lot of times they're not, you know, we talk about that's some of the barriers, I think, that we experience in the nursing home, that the families aren't available to answer those questions on admission. And maybe the resident can't tell us. That is a pretty struggle that the facilities uh, struggle with. In those cases, they do the very best trying to obtain that information. But I really think that we can put a, a little bit more effort on that front end because we are experiencing more and more residents in our facilities that have behaviors. Needing to have that background is so important. With 50 years of experience and experts across all areas of nursing home care, QSource genuinely understands the needs of your facility. We've always been there alongside you, and we've walked in your shoes. No matter the situation, QSource is prepared to tackle your challenges, solve your issues, and answer your questions. Let QSource encourage, educate, and empower you. Contact us at any time at QSource.org. We will always be here to help. And now back to the podcast. Quality of care is the sum of many small parts. And that's exactly what care plans and knowing your residents boils down to. We can move on to the safety concerns and long-term care. I was reading through that. Go ahead, Crane. Those questions are really important to ask and get that history so we can direct those interventions for those patients that they can be more individualized so that safety comes in. So the safety concerns, I was reading an article and it was talking about they took a report and they did it in 2014 and said more than half the residents, the OIG found that 22% of Medicare beneficiaries and SNFs facilities experience an adverse event during their stay. Half are preventable. And that mm-hmm. just goes right back to what we're talking about is that baseline, that foundation wasn't created in full. We have missing parts. That's why we have adverse events in our facilities are due to lack of knowledge, lack of information, and not digging in about a patient's past because or their behaviors because they could be behaving, especially if you have a dementia patient. I've seen more dementia patients acting out their life of what they did in the past. And if we don't know what they did, we don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Like if a president, like if a, a resident is at the front door and they're saying, I have to go pick up somebody, I have to go pick up and they're naming a name, come to find out that's what they did. They went and picked up, you know, their children at that time or maybe their grandchildren. There's a driver behind behaviors And to understand that, we need that past history. And, you know, sometimes the facilities go on, all they look at is the hospital discharge orders. 
we had a situation in a facility where the hospital missed putting the resident on anti-seizure medication that they were on at home. They didn't catch that because they didn't obtain a good history up front where they talked about their medications at home. And the resident, unfortunately, suffered from having a seizure shortly after admission. That was definitely an adverse event that occurred for the resident and could have been prevented. I think that begs the question, though, what do you do when a resident doesn't have family? When a resident is cognitively impaired, you know, you don't know who their previous PCP was. You don't know if they've seen psych services. What do you do? Those releases of information are kind of hard to send out, you know, when you don't know. That's where investigation comes in. You have to go beyond and think outside the box. So figure out where they lived, call the pharmacies around to see which ones they used. You have to dig, find friends. If you can, you just really have to start digging down and seeing who they use. Uh, if you can find a pharmacy they use, you're able to see the history of the the doctors they've had and then find you can connect what clinics they went to. That is one yeah. good way of digging in. Yeah. The person that's gathering that information, it takes some hard work on their part whenever someone's not available. I was thinking about what you wrote in the little paragraph that was about nutritional problems. Like, how important is it to know that they need mechanical soft as opposed to a standard diet? Super important. And if they don't have family that knows that or, you know, they didn't come from a care facility. Let's say they came from home. They're cognitively impaired. They can't tell you what they need. You almost need to start them out <laughs> on that softer diet just to be safe. You know, if you don't know those things, I don't know how facilities do it. Tell me, guys, how do they do but that? They all facilities, they do have an RD, a registered dietitian on board. Maybe they're not in-house. Maybe they're consulted out, but usually on admission, they see the resident. They do an assessment. During that time, they look at the history as well to make sure that we've got a good order diet for the resident. Yeah, that, that begs the question again. We're going right back to the very beginning of getting a complete history as much as we can on a patient, having family involved, because they should be able to let you know mama can't chew well, she doesn't have all her teeth. It's vital that or they're... she wear her teeth. <laughs> yep. or spits them out in between because they say they're loose so i guys i had a resident one time that it said on her care plan that she had false teeth but no one could find them and and they updated the care plan to say that she hides them randomly and the last place they found them was in the trash can in the dining room because she had thrown them (laughs) Oh, they learn a lot of that. wrap them lot of up in their napkins and forget about them. Wrap their teeth up in a napkin. Yep. Yeah. Of course. You know, the, of course, you know, somebody's cleaning up uh, and just thinks it's a napkin. So in the garbage they go, you know. Yeah. And then mom's on a liquid diet until you find them or get new ones made. Yep. <laughs> Glasses and teeth go missing the most. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. And, hear, and hearing aids. That's an expensive loss right there. Hearing aids, good golly. So we talked about reviewing hospital records. 
because usually you have those, you know, usually they go from home to the hospital and then to the LTC. And then talking to family and if they don't have family, friends, talking with the resident themselves, seeing if they can give you their history, getting a good report from the hospital when they're coming from the hospital, getting a good report from the nurses on things that are pertinent for that resident. That's extremely helpful. That's if you that's if you have a good nurse that will give you that. There are some nurses that when they call, they just want to give you the very basic and get right off. They don't want to give you a good history. On the subject of what that person, who they were and what they did when they were younger, okay? Yeah. I, I really like when you talked about the postal carrier and how they woke up early in the morning and the day was done by early afternoon. And how they had hobbies like cooking, gardening, tinkering with old cars, classical music was a love of theirs, old Western movies, like all of that, along with the medical and the diagnosis. It's just as important. It is. It truly is. There was a resident at my facility that I worked at for years. She actually was our payroll. She worked in payroll at the facility. And then when she got older, she was admitted as a resident. Um, She did have dementia. One of the things she could understand was back then, we would all go to the front office and pick up our check or check stubs. Well, she would have a meltdown. And so when she saw it, because she thought she was late. In her mind, she was late. She didn't have anything ready to give to the staff and she would have a meltdown. So one of the interventions that we created for her was we wrote out and created these checks. We told her that the day of that we knew that she would see a lot of the staff coming in the building to collect their check. We told her, hey, hey, it's check day. You need to make the checks. She would just get a pen and write whatever came to her mind that was on that check, and she started handing them out. It was like the I think best. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it was the best thing. She never had a meltdown after that. She would just go around and make sure every, and if I saw or anybody else saw that she was running out and she wanted to do more, she was anxious to do more, we would just give her more checks. That's one thing I did see on the care plan a lot is anticipate resident needs. And that is a great example of that in and of itself. If you know the history of a patient, again, going back to the foundation, the baseline of why we collect history is to be specific with each patient as they come in as much as we can, because if we can't It makes it general, and we're not going to be able to maybe hit home like we should with the with the resident. So that is why never think that the questions that are on that admission don't mean a thing because it really does, and it really creates a better atmosphere. For that patient, just like writing that specific one, like uh, about that patient, we could create their rooms, uh, you know, mimicking it like their home so that they're not as anxious when they first come in or creating specific activities for them. It's a way to get to their heart so that they are content and not anxious. 
or and running the halls or constantly asking the staff, what can I do? That repetitive behavior, that goes back again, just back to our foundation, Lindsay and Tina, that if we can get a good foundation, we can serve that resident better. And that is our goal, right? That's our goal in, yep. um, in our industry is we want to provide the best care and quality of life for that resident. Well, I'm glad we got to share today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this QSource podcast. If you ever find yourself needing QSource to assist your facility, please reach out to us at qsource.org so our long-term care experts can help you through the process. If you want to hear more podcasts like this, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your favorite audio. Just search for QSource and you will find us. Thank you and have an amazing day.